Welcome to the 166th episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Fourgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, football, well, maybe back. I'm not going to say it is back yet, Jordan, but the Terps announced their schedule today after the return to play became official on, what was it, Wednesday? Um, What's today? I think Thursday, but... Very recently, the Big Ten, after much speculation, announced they are playing return to football, and today we finally got our schedule. It's been a very long and winded road to get here, Mason, but it looks like we'll be back on the field soon. Yes, it does, and before we talk Terps football for the first time this year, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, and of course, all that post-corona, a proud Maryland company. You can reach them at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, uh, I think we're going to skip the Terrapin rundown today as there's still a lot of uh, things on the non-rev side to be sorted out, but uh, let's, uh, let's actually talk some basketball before football. The NCAA making its announcement that uh, men's basketball and women's basketball will both be back on the court uh, when the seasons used to start back in the day, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, and I don't hate that just as a uh, thing, like going back on Thanksgiving opposed to earlier in November. It uh, kind of reminds me, Mason, of when we were going to school in Maryland, or that is high school, that when they moved um, school back to start Labor Day for one year, and then everybody liked it, so they just kept doing that. Remember that? Yeah, now that that's uh, been duped out by um, some counties with the state government, and it's kind of been changed back to what it used to be. Yeah, so you know, I, I don't hate this, and it's obviously a play to see if maybe we'll have some more stability in those couple weeks they're buying. I don't know why that would really happen, but who knows? Um, I think it's also interesting to see all these tournaments moving back stateside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the battle for Atlantis will be played in South Dakota uh, this season. Yep, but in Sioux Falls, um, hoping maybe I can get out to that this year. We'll see what happens. Um, and there's like eight tournaments moving to Orlando into the Disney bubble, in air quotes. Uh, so we'll see how that all shakes out. But basketball season surprisingly taking shape, and I'm a little bit cautious on how uh, optimistic the planning seems to be for it. Yeah, and that's something that, and I talked about this with Bruce on his show that aired this morning. Uh, Brad Underwood was on BTN the other day, and it was before they announced us. He said an announcement was coming uh, within the week. He also said that the Big Ten's considering many things, one of which is playing conference games first and then trying to fit in the non-conference ones. They've considered... Uh, a kind of bubble scenario now that school really won't be in session for most of the season, Jordan. Uh, a lot of these colleges not coming back till late January, starting Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, you could easily play it in a bubble, but I don't really know if the budget's there. And obviously, you know, these are, everyone likes to say that college sports is acting at this point like it's not uh, amateur athletics, but they certainly don't have the money that the NBA and the NFL, and the NHL have. 
That is true, and there's some obviously there's some truth to the argument that they're not acting like amateur sports right now. But it is also true that they don't have the near bottomless pit of resources that the professional sports leagues have. And they have to be cautious, and COVID testing is expensive still. And setting up bubbles is expensive, and this is all has to be considered when you're thinking about how the season's gonna shake out. Right. And that's kind of where it is now. And I don't really know, and I'm not really going to talk about this much, if I necessarily agree uh, with these teams playing football or not. It's kind of one of those debates that there's not even a point in having because obviously football is a priority for these schools. Uh, so so let's talk about that. The Terps get their schedule today, and uh, it's a tough one, but when isn't it? Yeah, the uh, Big Ten um, is doing an 8-plus-1 schedule, which I kind of like. It's eight games, then one extra game where you match up with the um, your counterpart in terms of the standings on the other side of the division. So what that means is, for example, the Maryland finishes fifth in the East, then they're going to play the fifth team in the West. I like that. Um, they said in their press release, the Big Ten did, that this is a newly created Big Ten Champions Week, which kind of – Suggests to me they could bring this back if it works, and I like this um, extra week idea. As do I. I really do like it. Uh, the Terps kick off, as all of Big Ten football does, on October 24th. They'll take a road trip uh, out to Evanston, Illinois, to take on Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern actually receiving votes to be in the AP Top 25 preseason. So that that will be a tough start to the season. They then have their home opener on Halloween against Minnesota. Then they head on the road to Penn State, home against Ohio State, home against Michigan State, uh, road trips to Indiana and Michigan, and then wrap it up uh, as far as the scheduled games at home against Rutgers on December 12th. Uh, certainly not an um, easy road. No, it's not. Um, but as you kind of mentioned before we started this, it's hard to pick an easier schedule out necessarily. You have to play Big Ten East teams, which sucks, of course. And... I mean, Minnesota and Northwestern are two teams that if you gave me a year ago, I would have said that's a pretty easy draw. But now uh, they're both looking pretty good. Minnesota is, the, I think, the favorite to finish first in the Big Ten West at the moment. Um, it's Let's just go week by week on this, Mason. What do you think of Northwestern this year? Yeah, Northwestern, uh, they had a really tough year last year. No doubt about that. But supposedly they're going to bounce up, bounce back. I love Coach Fitzgerald uh, at Northwestern. Really brings a great attitude to a program uh, that has been less than good historically. Possibly less than bad historically. Um, but they're, they're looking for a bounce back season. I, I like it as far as a week one matchup, a week one draw for Maryland. There's just a lot to be seen from every team. You know, the Terps got a huge opt-in from Johnny Jordan a couple of days ago. I know that all these teams on the schedule are facing a lot of key players opting out. You know, now we're going to see who opts back in, what, you know, the attitude around a team is. And when you look at a team like Northwestern, they were behind the whole players' union a few years ago. What do you think the attitude of that team is? Because good and well, we all know there could be teams, especially in a conference like the Big Ten, that postpone the seasons now bouncing back. There could be teams that just bring an awful attitude to this and lose. 
I'm not saying that's going to be Northwestern. I'm not saying that's going to be any team that the Terps play. But I can easily, and maybe the Terps themselves, I can easily see that happening to a team uh, that doesn't have consistency. You know, I, I find that hard to look at Ohio State, Michigan State. Well, in Michigan State, they also have a coaching change. So I'll leave it more to, I see that hard out of Ohio State and Penn State and Minnesota. They're very strong, cultured teams. And they all had successful years last year, and they're looking to bring it back. But teams that had a rough season last year, going through regime change, going through culture change, there might be a team or two that just quits. Yeah, and that, that's definitely worth noting and something I wanted to bring up, so thank you for doing that. There are two teams in the schedule for the Terps that do have new coaches, and those are um, Michigan State, who hired Mel Tucker from Colorado, and before that, Georgia, and Rutgers with Greg Schiano, who they're bringing back after um, about a decade of him being gone. And those are going to be hard to implement. It's going to be hard to implement culture changes and bring you know, that buy-in for new coaching staffs when there's not much of an off-season, or maybe too much of an off-season, depending on how you look at it. Right, and Maryland's still battling that. You yeah, know, Maryland culture really is. change. Indiana's still battling a culture change. I mean, there is so – there's opportunity, I think, for any team here. You know, these bubbles, if you look at the NBA, if you look at the NHL, there's just opportunity for teams uh, that, that weren't looking so good to kind of bounce back. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be Maryland. The Terps have obvious holes, uh, especially up front on offense and, and really at the quarterback position. But Yeah, and uh, I'll let you finish. <laughs> yeah, I can't see any better year for a program like Maryland that's building that is really positive recruiting that is looking for a change. If you're going to be – if you're looking for a season where you can jump a team like a Penn State or an Ohio State, get that win to kind of say, hey, we beat this team. You know, come here. You can win games. I believe the term you're looking for is a program-building win. Yeah. That opportunity is out there this year. I mean, you look at the schedule. You can win that game at Northwestern. You know, I'm not putting that one 100% in the loss column. I'm not saying they have a better chance than not to win. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland brings the energy that they kind of brought into that Michigan State game at the end of last year that they could keep that one close. I can't see them beating Minnesota, Jordan. And then they've played Penn State and Ohio State, and I think that's where the emphasis has to come in for who you want to beat. You know, do you want to be that team, like the same team last year that lost those games by, I guess, a combined score of I don't even know how much to probably 10, maybe 7? Or is this program going to move forward? And, you know, that's kind of that spot where this team has to look inwards instead of outwards. Because last year, they bought into everything that the media said. They bought into all the negativity, and, and it resulted in losing. This year, that needs to change. And that, that was kind of the emphasis of Unlocked and some of the episodes that Coach Locksley put out and, and a lot of a lot of his talking points. But we'll see what happens when you know the games are played. I think it's a fair statement. Um, should be a good year for the Big Ten. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how the uh, media, and by that I mean the college football playoffs and AP polls, handle the Big Ten with only eight games and no out-of-conference matchups. Um, so that'll be fun to see. And I do mean that will be fun to see. That'll be interesting to see how they handle them, if they get any backlash for the Big Ten's handling of things this year. which If, they, if it does come, it's almost fair to say maybe they've earned it. 
Um, let's look at the Maryland roster, Mason. I'll start an offense. There, there is some talent on this offense. I really do believe that this year. Yeah, and certainly at the wide receiver position. And, and I talked with this uh, with Bruce on the radio on Wednesday. We kind of went position by position, and that was before Johnny Jordan kind of came back into the picture here. Uh, the Terps look strong, you know, on offense. Uh, there are some question marks, but overall, they have the playmakers. You know, Jay Sean Jones. Do. What? I was saying they do have the playmakers. Receivers is the strength, as you mentioned. Um, Jay Sean Jones, yeah, that's going to be the one to watch. Yeah, Jay Sean Jones comes back from a knee injury last year. Dante Demas uh, really needs to take the next step for the Terps. And, and then we're going to see a kind of battle between Rakim Jarrett, Brian Cobbs, and Dino Tomlin for that more slot position receiver. Uh, I think Jarrett has a slight edge going into things. You know, such a highly touted recruit. Everybody wants to see him play. But it's going to be a story of who can take the next step here. I mean, we all see the talent between Jones, Demas, Daryl Jones, uh, Brian Cobbs. Isaiah Hazel, too. Isaiah Hazel's flipping over to the defensive side of the ball this year. But we'll see who can step up here. You know, they need an alpha receiver. A lot of people are expecting it to be Jay Sean Jones. Dante Demas has kind of emerged as a leader on the team, but we'll see. As far as tight ends, the Terps are weak. Uh, Chigakonkwo having to sit out this season due to a medical issue. Uh, that leaves the Terps with only one tight end, and that's Malik Jackson, who was kind of a late take in the 2019 recruiting cycle, Coach Loxley's first. And then Tyler Baylor flips over from defensive end to tight end, and Cam Blunt flips over from outside linebacker to tight end. So you only have one tight end going in there. And Jackson was mainly, uh, I believe, a blocking tight end. He actually played quarterback in his last year of high school. Yeah, that should be a rough uh, go. I think we might see the tight end de-emphasized this season because of that. Uh, the running back position is not as maybe stacked as been in years past. The only We have two returning seniors in Tayon Fleet Davis and Jake Funk. And then two freshmen and Penny Boone and brother of now NFL star um, Josh Jacobs and Isaiah Jacobs. One of those two freshmen is probably going to step up this season. Yeah, and and the thing that I may see happening is I can see Tayon Fleet Davis uh, flipping over to tight end. Uh, Fleet, really? definitely a bigger and stronger back. I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I can see it happening. Jake Funk's a guy who I really want to see get a lot of carries this year. He's been a hard worker. All, uh, it might even be up to six years now at Maryland with two injury red shirts in there for uh, Jake Funk. But a guy that I think is going to get a lot of the touches, Coach Loxley loves Jake Funk. Uh, he, he can definitely get the reps uh, in there. And then you kind of flip it over. We'll talk offensive line here before quarterback. Uh, to a group that's returning some starters, but it definitely does not have any depth. Uh, starting from left to right, the Terps bring back Jalen Duncan for his sophomore year after a freshman really up-and-down campaign, but really left out to dry in his freshman year, Jalen Duncan was. The Terps add Juco uh, transfer from Independence, Jahari Branch. He'll take left guard uh, this year. At center, Johnny Jordan returns. And then here's kind of where the questions may pop up, Jordan. Maryland may opt to play Marcus Miner, who's been a long-time right tackle for the Terps, uh, at right guard 
and then slide Spencer Anderson, the sophomore. We got a lot of time when Miner was injured last year in there at right tackle, and that would give them a pretty strong starting five. Now, there's a lot of thought that Anderson is really your backup across the board here. He may be your backup right guard, center, and left guard. So you may not want to really expose yourself to that. But we're really yet to see what happens here. The Terps, uh, as far as backups, they have Evan Gregory and TJ Bradland. They don't really have any other proven backup other than those two guys and, and saying that uh, Evan Gregory and TJ Bradley are main backups across the whole entire offensive line is not a very inspiring statement. They also have Mason Lunsford and Tyron Hunt as listed players on the roster right now. Lunsford, uh, I'm thinking that he's going to have to flip inside the center, doesn't really have the size of any other position as far as Big Ten players. Tyron Hunt, a guy that the Terps uh, brought in as a defensive lineman a few years back, has not really developed much uh, since his being flipped over to the offensive line. Austin Fontaine still, uh, as of now, is an opt-out for the Terps. That would be your right guard, which would actually give you a pretty strong look if, if Fontaine were to opt back in, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, you kind of beat me to it there. If Austin Fontaine opts back in, which we shouldn't assume, and if he opts out, that is fine, um, then that changes the whole complexion of the situation. I, I know the Spencer Anderson thing is a bit of a contentious issue because we expected him to be our utility backup, but... If he has to start, I mean, your starters have to be the priority. And I know that cuts your depth down, but your depth's already cut down. That's why he has to start. Right, so I kind of like the offensive line of Jalen Duncan, Johari Branch, Johnny Jordan, uh, Marcus Miner, and Spencer Anderson. Yeah, That's a pretty good starting five. It. it is, but the concern for me is that left side then. Because Jalen Duncan, like I, he gets almost a pass in my book for last season. He was a freshman. He was playing against the best defensive line conference in the country. I mean, there's only so much you could hope for him to do, even though he was highly rated out of high school. And he played, he wasn't horrible. He really wasn't. He, maybe he was below average, but he was a freshman. But he still was inconsistent last season. And then Jakari Branch, he's a Juco transfer. I don't know what I'm getting with him, really. I hope he's good. He seems like he's seems like a solid player. But there's just so much question mark on that whole left side, that it's a bit of a red flag for me, but I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just saying we shouldn't count our eggs on that side yet. Right, and and there's going to be a competition for the left tackle spot between TJ Bradley, who was your expected starter before a knee injury last year, and Jalen Duncan. All signs point towards that, and, and maybe you see a similar thing. Duncan kicks inside, uh, Bradley takes the left tackle spot. You don't really know what's going to happen on the left side of the line. You are correct. I think that's enough offensive line talk for now. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback position. Uh, I think it's going to be Leah Tungavailoa. And, and I think that's pretty... Um, all signs are starting to point to uh, him being the starter over Lance Lejean. I wouldn't... Not sure if I'd say that yet. I, I would think that would be what happens. But Lance, I liked what I saw from him last season. I don't know that means he's going to start or play... Because Leah was the big get this offseason. Like, he was a huge coup when the Terps landed him, especially after or before. I guess that was technically before Caleb Williams actually committed, but that was when everybody kind of knew what was going on. He was probably going to Oklahoma. And that was a huge get to short up the quarterback spot. And I'd love to see either of them play, honestly. I think they both would perform better than we've seen in recent. They could both be the best 
either one of them could be the best quarterback of the last decade. That is and most they could really, true. And they could really push us in the right direction, going into the new, this 2020, the 2020s, I guess you call them. But the thing with both of them is we don't know what to expect. I mean, we saw a little bit of Lance last season. Lee, I don't think, played at Alabama at all. Did he? Yes. I believe he threw like seven to ten passes. Okay, but you still can't judge off of that. So we'll see what happens. I think either one of them is going to be better suited towards the locks of the offense than Josh Jackson was. And that's kind of an unknown. I'm excited to see what – I'm excited for quarterback, and that's something new this season. And also, Wartha gets a, cat, a courtesy mention here that uh, former quarterback Tyrell Pegram won the starting job at Western Kentucky last a couple weeks ago now. Yeah, and they have not been off to a good start to their season. No, but it's still good to see Piggy still get in the field. Yes, it is. Uh, flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, and we can talk about this more in our next podcast. Uh, the Turfs bring back a lot of players up front, which was a really weak spot. They also add a transfer to, uh, to the rotation there, maybe a transfer of three, now that I actually have the roster in front of me. Uh, some changes at linebacker, Shaq Smith moving back to inside linebacker from the jack position. Uh, Shaq Smith's actually, Jordan, he got a state of Clemson and started at inside linebacker. He flipped over to the Terps to get a position uh, changed to rush end. Uh, obviously, that did not work out very well last year for him. So he, he'll kick back inside and join Chance Campbell and Ayenda Ely and Fananje Gote there. So the Terps really with a strong inside linebacking core. Uh, they're going to definitely see some changes at outside linebacker with Keandre Jones moving on to the Chicago Bears. But really a, a, a similar position here. A lot of talent, a lot of question marks, especially as you move into the defensive backfield. Yeah, um, this whole defense wasn't very good last season, if we're being upfront about it. And it start. I mean, it was really, it was the front and the back. The middle was okay. Um, the front returning a lot of players, you should see at least two seniors on the uh, front of the line this season. So that's a good thing. Um, I don't have a ton of confidence in the defensive line, to be honest. I don't see the game-changing talent that we need to compete in the Big Ten East. But we don't know. Sam O had an okay season last year. And we also have some depth with Lotez Rogers, uh, maybe coming off the bench in the rotation position. We'll see. And Ami Finau, the uh, transfer, also on coming in as a defensive tackle. So that could be at least a better position than it was last year. But the defensive backfield again is the part where you look at the roster and you're just kind of, just kind of facepalm a little bit. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of questions here. You know, one is who's going to start defensive end. Uh, it could be, and I'm going to call him Joe B, but because I can't, I don't know, and I've not seen the pronunciation guide on the Terps transfer from NC State, the sophomore. Uh, yet, who they got? He could be starting at defensive end. Lotez Rogers could slide into the starting uh, defensive end spot, or it might be Mosai Nasio. Kite, who the Terps got as a transfer. Now you got three transfers, four transfers that could be starting for the Terps here. Jordan, you just mentioned Fee now. They also have TT, who's uh, also a defensive tackle. I just mentioned the transfer from NC State. And maybe you put together a decent rotation here, but certainly not the size. I mean, some of the Juco guys have the size you need. They also have Anthony Tank Booker, who's going to be competing here. I really open up the competition if I'm Coach Loxley and Coach Hoke here. Um, also, yeah, that's the only thing you can do. 
yeah, the Terps also have a flip or a change in the coaching here. I believe Brian Williams is now the defensive line coach, flipping from the inside linebackers coach, and Brawley Evans takes over uh, as linebackers coach for the Terps. Uh, they also get Darrell and Chime back. Uh, Chime, a guy who the Terps were really expected to produce a lot. He comes back at the jack position. It's a really open season here. Who can take it? You know, bring in transfers opens competition, and that and that's what they need. They need culture change and competition, and that will drive success. And I think you're going to see a lot of that, whether the players really have the talent or in size to compete in the Big Ten is yet to be seen, but competition should, should bring everyone's levels up at both linebacker and up front for the Terps. Yeah, a linebacker, we kind of mentioned, should be one of the strengths of the team this year with Shaq Smith as the, the Mike. We also got Ace Ely, Cortez Andrews returning, both of whom expect to start. Ruben Hippolyte and Chance Campbell, I both expect to push for, for some serious time here. Yeah, Chance Campbell definitely not going to get that outside backer position. Uh, I think they're going to try and keep Chance Campbell inside. Maybe Shaq Smith, uh, Jordan, can compete for that outside backer spot. But Cortez Andrews, a guy this coaching staff has really been high on, had a really strong end to his high school career, got snaps last year before an injury to the shoulder uh, took him out. Ruben Hippolyte, a former guest on this podcast, should be competing for that starting spot too. And then Frankie Burgess, uh, a freshman coming in from down south in Florida, a guy who had an amazing end to his high school career, but has only, I believe, only played two years of football in his whole life. So he's definitely a developmental piece. Moving down into the defensive backfield, uh, there's going to be some questions here. Yeah, um, the first thing you mentioned here is uh, Vincent Flythe, who saw some time last season, opted out. Uh, we'll see if he opts in, but I kind of doubt it. Um, that's a piece that you – an experience piece that you like to have that you don't have. So at the corners this season – like you said, man, it's a real question mark. You're going to see some mix of Deontay Bat, Banks, Taj Capehart, Levante Gator, and uh, I assume Juco transfer to and Bennett. And after, I mean, it's really any combination of those guys could end up starting for the corners. Right, and Kenny Bennett could get back into that fight too, a guy who got some time for the turf for an injury. Uh, players that need to step up here, Isaiah Hazel, definitely one of them. and Bennett's got to be good. And then you're going to really see, as you said, a grab bag. Erwin Bird, a guy that you didn't mention. He's now a redshirt freshman. Devin King, who's a true freshman, he could fight for some time here. But the guys who've got to be consistent are Levante Gator, Deontay Banks, and Jacorian Bennett. Simple as that. Those guys have to take the next step for the Terps. Really, Banks, a guy who this coaching staff's high on. Now, at safety, you have a little bit more certainty. Antoine Richardson, who got... Uh, Hurt in the preseason last year, he's expected to start at one safety's position along with Nick Cross, uh, who was a superstar freshman for the Terps. Jordan Mosley. Now, Jordan Mosley's an interesting piece. Uh, He's not really a safety. I think that was defined last season. And if your inside linebackers were weak, I would say there's a spot for Jordan Mosley. Maybe a cover linebacker for the Terps or an in-the-box safety. He's not a true safety. He really can't back up a Nick Cross or Antoine Richardson. Oseta Smith. A uh, true freshman who's going to be back there. Uh, he's a guy that's coaching staff's really high on, and a lot of people really liked uh, the former West Virginia commit. And then Kenny Bennett, uh, he's either going to see time at corner or Jordan flip back to safety. I think safety may be a better spot for him, a little bit slower uh, than your normal cornerback. 
Yeah, that's that's a Terps team this season. Uh, and of course, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, training camp's going to reopen. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody might have to opt out. Someone might catch COVID, and we might not see the team for an extra week or so. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's the story of the season. I saw a statistic yesterday that was – this is before Saturday's games, so this is probably going to be outdated by the time most of you listen to this. But as of Friday, the um, 18th, there were 29 games of the college football season actually played and 16 that were um, postponed. So this is going to be a weird season. There's no other way to say it. And this Maryland team has a lot of holes. And, you know, let's be real. It's probably not going to do very well. But as Mason said, this is going to be a weird season. And who knows what will happen. Maybe it's going to, Maybe this Maryland team will be the one that adjusts the best of the situation, pulls off some surprise victories. You just don't know. Yeah, and Jordan, just to wrap it up here, how many wins can you see this team getting? You know, we already went over the schedule. It's a tough one. Now we went over the roster, talked about some of the strengths and really just a lot of question marks uh, on this team. And I would rather have it be a lot of question marks than just straight bad. That's a good way to put it. And it's hard to say because, you know what, I'm watching a game right now. Tulsa just scored to take the lead of Oklahoma State. So who knows what will happen this season. But... If I was going to be like as honest as I could with myself, I'd say, say we go two and six of the games that are scheduled here. We beat Northwestern and Rutgers. But who knows? I think, you know, I'll give us a benefit of doubt. I'll say we're going to pull off one more upset. Give me three and five. Right. So th- there are, and Jordan, what's your nine game prediction? Oh, that's a hard one. I'm going to say, let me think about this for a second. I'm going to say Maryland is sixth out of seventh in the Big Ten East to come in front of Rutgers. I mean, a lot of people say Indiana, but Indiana won eight games last season, so you can't really count them out. Um, huh. Who is going to – I got to rank the Big Ten West teams. Go yeah, ahead, that's what I'm I'll looking up, up right now. Second. So as I pull up Big Ten West standings from last season here to kind of give myself perspective – uh, on on who the Terps could be facing in that last game. It, it's kind of hard to say. You know, Northwestern was 3-9 last year. They were absolutely terrible. They bring in Peyton Ramsey, a guy who's torched the Terps, Jordan. So we will have to see what that looks like. I'm going to say Maryland wins that game uh, against Northwestern. They start off the season right, and I think it goes downhill from there. Uh, I can't see the Terps beating Minnesota, Penn State, Ohio State, I'm going to say Maryland kind of surprises some people here, and they win four games out of the original eight. I think they can beat Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan State, and Northwestern. I think those are your winnable games. I think that's your best-case scenario. Yeah, I guess like Michigan State looks kind of vulnerable. I forgot they were yeah going you know, through a lot of changes there. Yeah. Then Maryland almost with the win. So last year, Northwestern last in the Big Ten West. Nebraska uh, was that. Sixth team, Purdue, right behind them. I'm going to say it's Purdue that the Terps get, and I think they get that win. Uh, Terps win four games out of the nine. And I'm going to pick my wins. I'm going to take my wins, Jordan, against Northwestern, uh, Michigan State, Rutgers, and the ninth game. I'm going to say that the team Maryland are playing as the six, if we're both agreeing that they're going to be the six. 
is. Well, I actually, it could be them. You know, now now that I'm kind of thinking about it, they could be the five if they beat Michigan State. I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with the six. I'm going to say that, I'm going to say Nebraska is who they're playing. Well, that would be the end of um, Scott Frost, so I think they'll be able to win that game. That probably would be, but I don't have a lot of faith. I Scott Frost has not shown me anything at Nebraska that has given me confidence he could turn it around there. I really hoped he would because he did a fantastic, like, earth-shatteringly marvelous job at UCF, but just hasn't gone well in Nebraska so far. Um, Purdue and finishes last, and Nebraska is sixth in Big Ten West. And I'm going to say Maryland beats Nebraska and ends Scott Frost's career there. They had a chance to do it last year, and they got absolutely torched. I know. I'm hoping Lox is better at this uh, this program building thing than Scott Frost is in Nebraska. As do I, and I think that's a good place to leave it. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors for sticking with us through this tough time, Viner Four Gates and Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. Viner Four Gates is your place to go local and connected to the DMV. You can reach them at 301. 251-2900 or on the web at the number one, Viner.com. And Ally Party Rentals for all of your post-COVID needs, uh, big or small, or if you just need a tent right now. I know a lot of businesses are doing that, setting up outside counters. Allied's got you covered. You can visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com. Jordan, I guess we got to get back consistent here on the podcast, even though we got about a month uh, until the Terps take the field. But if any news breaks, uh, we'll be here broadcasting and, and kind of getting reports as they come out of camp, even though the media will not be allowed. And that's probably for the best. You got to do your best to make sure that the Terps or not the Terps, any team gets back on the field. And that means minimizing exposure to any outside sources. Um, but yes, um, especially as the non-rev seasons come back into alignment, um, we can discuss that. Um, and I, I'll think that we're going to have some guests on in the near future, Mason. Yes. I am thinking about that, and I'm hoping that the Chirps actually let media into the actual games so we can get our Chirp Talk videos back going uh, when when that happens. Well, I guess we'll see as it comes here. Uh, I'm just excited the Big Ten's back. It's been a long time coming, and hopefully we can all stay the course and have a successful football season here. Yes, we can, and I guess that's a wrap, and as always, thanks for listening.